I feel a little rusty, ladies and gentlemen. I, I got to be honest with you. Rusty from preaching. And so bear with me as I bring today's message. But actually, before I do, I do want to pause for a moment and just want to say thank you so much to the staff, to my leadership council, the trustees, the wonderful volunteers, the church, for allowing us the time for my family and I to, to grieve on the unexpected loss of our son, a brother, an uncle, a nephew, a grandson, a great-grandson, a friend, and to one special lady, his soulmate. On behalf of Ani, Janinetti, Citalina, Romeo, and the rest of our family, I want to thank all of you for the support, the love, the care, the messages, the financial contributions, the meals, the postcards, the gift cards, and your prayers. Let me list a few of them here. It says, your, you know, your generosity helped us to cover the funeral costs. Thank you. Donations were received to purchase the drums that were just dedicated in his name. Donations were received to the Conshohocken Little League to help families register their, ch- their child or children to play baseball or softball if they had financial uh, restraints or purchase necessary equipment. We recently received word that the league is planning on placing a plaque of Nathanael on the inside of the first base dugout on the majors field, so he's there with the players. Donations were also received for the Plymouth Little League, which he played for these last few years. The league will be planning, planting a tree in his name, and a bench was purchased in his memory, which will be installed sometime in the future. We were blessed to go to Lincoln Financial Field to attend the Luke Combs concert. (laughs) Luke Combs, you know, country singer, was Nathanael's favorite country singer. We were also blessed to go to the Citizens Bank Park and watch Nathanael's favorite baseball team, the Philadelphia uh, Phillies. And some of you offered our family the use of your second home for us, to just get away for a while. I don't share all of that to brag, but to share our sincerest gratitude for all that you have done for my family. The grieving has not stopped. It will continue. In fact, we're not ashamed to say that we have partnered with a grief counselor to help us along this journey. It's interesting how so many years, for over two decades, I've come alongside individuals who have lost a loved one to be there to uh, just not even sometimes say a word, but just be present. It is so different on this side. So I understand your pain. We were worshiping with you online and want to thank the worship team and the, the tech team for the wonderful work that they do week in and week out to provide quality worship services that go beyond our walls into the devices that can go all around the world. Amen. So we were worshiping with you. Today, as my first day back to preach, it gives me the great privilege to start a new sermon series that is titled Elevate, Lifting Up What's Important. Today's sermon title is Elevating Your Prayer. 
And I should let you know that I feel, as I mentioned, I feel rusty, but like I do every Sunday as I prepare for delivering a message, let's pause for a word of prayer. God, we thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be here in this place on site and online and for those who are listening to this message on the podcast. We thank you, Lord, for another day of life. We thank you for Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, may the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Our Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. June 29th, 2023 will forever be a day that will never be erased from our family's life, as it is the day that Nathanael passed away. A lot happened that specific day, but I will only share what I believe will contribute to today's message. When we arrived at the hospital, we were instructed to wait in the lobby for the nursing supervisor to report the status of our son. At that very moment, I was holding on to Ani and Italina, who was with me. Janinetti was with the family, and they were on their way there. And as I held them, the only thing that I looked up, and as I was looking up and holding them as our tears were running down our cheeks, the only thing I could say was, I lift my eyes onto the hills. From whom can my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. It wasn't something that was in, it was coming out of my mouth. I didn't care who was around. You see, those words are not my own words. In fact, in the Old Testament book of Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, it says those words. That became my prayer at that very moment. We prayed to God, yet the result we wanted was not to be. Our lives were turned upside down. Now, we know that we're not the only ones who have experienced loss or that our prayers weren't answered. Yes, even the prayer of a pastor. So what do you do when things don't go your way and our prayers are not answered when you want them to or not in the way that you expected? Well, my hope is that you turn to the one you trusted when things were going well. You remember those moments, say, thank you, God, for another job. Thank you, God, for a promotion. Thank you, God, for a child. Those moments that you were thanking God, when you're pain and you're struggling and you're grieving, you turn to the one you've trusted when things were going well. You know, we have a great example in the Bible of a man who went through just this. I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bibles to the book of the Gospel book of Mark, chapter 14. I'm going to be reading from verses 32 to 42. I'm going to read them directly from all those verses, and then I'm going to pause and provide you with a few focus points regarding the elevating of your prayers. On verse 32, if you have found it, please give me a good amen. 
Some of you are still looking, say, I'm still waiting. I'm still looking. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. So verse 32 says this. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And by the way, I'm reading from the NLT version. Your words may be different. And Jesus said, sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. And he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and fell to the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. And when Jesus returned to them the third time, he said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest, but know the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up. Let's get going. Look, my betrayer is here. As I shared today, I want to share with you five points that if you have something to write them down with, you can do so. You can watch this service later on our social media outlets. The first one is, elevating our prayers may include us doing our part. How many of us believe that when you're praying that it is all, everything is always up to God 100%? No, there are things that we have to do at times. Yes, there are prayers that only God can take care of, but there are prayers that also requires us to do our part. Some of us, they say, oh, Lord, and this is a prayer. God, I pray that you give me a great job and a good-paying job that can provide for my family. In Jesus' name, amen. Where have you have applied? I haven't applied. I believe in a great God. My response to them is, uh, keep waiting. (laughs) If you're like me going to school, you know, in a a great school, I would go and uh, I remember when the teacher would go about getting ready to give us the tests and the exams. I would pray silently, Lord, let me get a good grade. Oh, some of you are laughing because you know you've been there too. (laughs) And then you don't do so well and you get mad at God because you you pray to God that you get a good grade. And then, like it's happened to me, it happened to me many times where my parents would say, well, did you study? No. (laughs) We got to do our part. 
You can pray for people to know God, but if you don't go out there to serve others or tell them about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you can certainly pray that that will happen, but you can also be activated to make a difference. In verse 36, Jesus said, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus knew that, uh, that everything was possible with God, yet he knew that he had to do his part, even when he knew he would suffer. Second point I want to share with you, elevating our prayers places the result on God, not us. This one may be hard for us to hear because we feel that we know what we want, when we want it, who should get it, when they get it, or how they get it. Am I preaching to anybody today? We got to be real with each other. Jesus prayed that the upcoming suffering may be taken away from him, but he placed the result on God the Father when on verse 36, he said, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. The third one, elevating our prayers helps us fight off temptation. Elevating our prayers helps us fight off temptation. See, technology is a beautiful thing. Sometimes. I found it again. Jesus said on verse 38, For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He was saying, can't you stay away so that you don't fall into the temptation that the, the, the spirit is willing, but the body is weak? And you say, well, Pastor Ricky, I don't know how to pray. I want to share with you a scripture reference in Romans 8, verses 26 and 27 of the NIV version. It says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Ladies and gentlemen, that same night of June, uh, of June 29th, the, the prayer of Psalm 121 was not the only thing that was coming out. I didn't know how to express what I was feeling. And the only thing that was coming out of my mouth on repeated basis was saying, as I held on to Ani and Italina, was Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, 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 I didn't know what else to say at that very moment, but I believe in the word of God that the spirit within me was connecting with God and just praying for me because I didn't have the words to express. How many of us have done that from time to time and feel like that is not a prayer? Another one is... Elevating our prayers can prepare us for what's to come, even when the result is not what we were hoping for. 
On verse 41, Jesus is recorded saying in that passage of Mark 14, when, we, when he returned to them the third time, he says, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's get, be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And I believe that the disciples felt that if Jesus was with them, Jesus their Messiah, Jesus their Christ, Jesus the healer, Jesus the comforter, Jesus the provider, if he was with them, they wouldn't experience suffering. But folks, hear me out. If the disciples experienced it, what makes us believe we are any different? On June 29th, having, uh, hearing that Nathanael had passed away was certainly not what we wanted to hear, and we're suffering. But we also know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, where he is still our healer, he is still our comforter, he is still our provider, he is still our Lord and Savior, he is still our King of kings and Lord of lords. Can I get an amen to that? My final point I want to share with you is that elevating our prayers increases our knowledge of who God is. When we pray, you are communicating with God and continue to grow your relationship with him. I will only speak for myself. I am at peace in the midst of this storm because I have come to know the God in Jesus Christ who gave his life for me, for Nathanael, for you and for all those who believe in him that they may not perish but have eternal life with him so as a recap we elevate our prayers may elevating our prayers may include us to doing our part it places the result on god and not us it can prepare us for what's to come even when the result is not what we were hoping for Elevating our, our prayers helps us fight off temptation and increases our knowledge who God is. If those are possible results and outcomes in elevating our prayers, then why would we choose otherwise? I pray that you begin to elevate your prayer life from this day forward. Let us pray. Loving God, we're thankful for this opportunity of being here and, re and starting a new series. Even in the midst of pain, we can continue to worship you. We are, if we are celebrating, we can worship you, God. You are still the same God. Even when we change, you remain steadfast. Let us prepare our hearts and minds as we prepare to take communion today and remembering the sacrifice that Christ did for us at the cross. We ask this in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen.